Our text this morning is found in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. You should have it there in your bulletin. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV, um, but any translation you brought is fine, but just be aware that I'm reading from the ESV. So Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus... A blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for gathering us together once again. And we come now to the time where you instruct us by your word. Pray that you would be with us in our midst freeing us from distraction, helping us to be focused on what it is you're saying here in this text to us. Let the church hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, O God, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are looking at the story of blind Bartimaeus, which is part of a bigger story, really, uh, the story of Jesus Christ. And to get you up to speed with what's happening in that story, what you need to know for our sermon today is that uh, God has come in the flesh, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has put on flesh, and He has come to uh, set all things right and to reverse the curse of sin and death in the world in accordance with all the promises that He made throughout the Old Testament. After the fall of man, in the very beginning, God promised to one day come and to set all things right. Well, Jesus comes on the scene and he has been doing just that. He goes around in Israel and he is casting out demons, he's healing the sick, he's delivering the lame, and he is forgiving sins. And he has now come to the final phase of that mission. Our text tells us that he leaves Jericho to uh, go towards Jerusalem. And why does he go up to Jerusalem? He goes up to die. This is the final piece of that mission, the last thing that Jesus must do to fulfill the plan of God to save the human race from certain destruction. And Jesus knows what is going to happen when he goes up to Jerusalem. He has told his disciples on three separate occasions just that, but yet he goes anyway. Now, blind Bartimaeus is the last person that Jesus will heal before he goes up to Jerusalem to die. And we ought to pay very close attention to the details of this story because in it, Bartimaeus teaches us some things about what it means to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ in the day in which we are living. So first of all, he is a blind beggar. Look back, if you will, with me at verse 46. We read there, And he came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples... And a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the, road, the roadside. 
What's interesting about this man, blind Bartimaeus, is that he's at the exact opposite end of the spectrum from the last person that Jesus talked to uh, in his ministry. Uh, The last person, some of you may remember, that Jesus talked to besides the disciples was the rich young ruler. And there we have a man who is on the top of the totem pole as far as society is concerned. Uh, He is a ruler, and so he's part of the upper echelon, and he is wealthy. But here, this man, blind Bartimaeus, on the other hand, is considered unimportant uh, since he is blind and poor, and he is not able to contribute to society in any meaningful way. But what you need to notice about Bartimaeus is that Jesus pays attention to him anyway. Look at what he does in verses 47 and 48. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Okay, so two things here. First, when he hears that it is Jesus, the Nazarene, who is passing by, he starts to cry out, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, why does he refer to Jesus like this? Is he giving some sort of special attribution to Jesus? Well, yes, yes, he is. Uh, We read in our Old Testament reading this morning that in the Old Testament, God had promised David that one day uh, one of his descendants would come and sit on his throne and reign forever and ever. And here, Bartimaeus recognizes Jesus as that son of David. And all throughout the Old Testament, the Jews are looking forward to the coming of the son of David. Uh, He is the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the one who's going to come and save them from all of their enemies. So Bartimaeus recognizes Jesus for who he is here. He is the son of David, the Messiah, and the Savior. Second, I said there was two things. When he cried out for Jesus to have mercy on him, the text says, many rebuked him. That is... They tried to silence him. They tried to shut him up. They said, don't trouble the master. He can't be bothered with somebody such as yourself. So the disciples, the so-called disciples at this point, are looking down on this man. Those who are supposedly following uh, Jesus have a wrong view of Jesus' ministry. They don't understand what Jesus' ministry is yet all about. Jesus comes to rescue those who are poor and those who are oppressed. He comes to rescue the helpless. He comes to rescue the desperate. And here, blind Bartimaeus is one of these people. But yet they look down their noses at him. They get it backwards, but uh, Bartimaeus gets it right. And he shouts all the louder so that Jesus will hear him. And the text says, Jesus stopped. Look at verse 49. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And what it literally says is he stood still. He stopped moving and he listened to this man. That's in fact what the word means. The man continued to cry out until his voice came into the hearing of his God. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped dead in his tracks and he listened to him. And then he says, call him. And he has the disciples call him. And they say, take heart, get up. That is, be confident, get up. The master is going to hear you. He's going to listen to you. This is a powerful image. God stops to listen to those who keep crying out to him. And I love his response. 
Look at verse 50. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. He throws off his cloak and he jumped up and ran to Jesus. It's possible that this cloak was the only thing that he owned. Um, for a poor person, this was very possible. And a cloak, uh, back in uh, the first century, for a poor person would be the modern-day equivalent of a jacket and a sleeping bag. They would use it as a jacket during the day, and they would use it as a sleeping bag at night. So I think it's significant that he throws it off and runs to Jesus. In a sense, he's leaving all that he has behind to run to Jesus. And again, the rich young ruler in the story prior to this, a couple um, sections back, is told that he is to sell everything he has and give it to the poor, and he cannot do it. And here, this man, Bartimaeus, has almost nothing, but yet he's willing to leave it all to go and talk to Jesus. Uh, Bartimaeus is the quintessential disciple here. He is willing to leave all to follow Christ behind, in a sense. All right, so let's look at their conversation in verses 51 and 52. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So Bartimaeus asked Jesus to give him back his sight. And he addresses him with a formal term that is hardly used for men, Rabboni. It's actually what it says. Um, So what Bartimaeus, what does Bartimaeus recognize about Jesus here? Well, not only that he is the son of David, but that he is the divine son of David. For only God can give sight to the blind throughout the Old Testament. And Bartimaeus is recognizing that there is something different about Jesus. Bartimaeus recognizes who Jesus is. He recognizes that he is divine and that he is able to heal and that he is able to save. And Jesus heals him in accordance with his faith. Um, This is to say that Bartimaeus acknowledged who Jesus was and he ran to him depending on him entirely for restoration. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. That is, your faith has saved you. The healing is not only physical, but it is spiritual as well. The faith that he had in Jesus to heal and the physical healing that Jesus performs come together. They sort of put everything together for Bartimaeus and bring him to the realization of Christ's ability to save in an ultimate sense, and he is indeed saved completely. And this shows us that our salvation is holistic. God is not only interested in the saving of our souls, but in our entire person. And the evidence that Bartimaeus is saved in an ultimate sense is found in the fact that he immediately gets behind Jesus and he starts to follow him. Did you pick that up? It says, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is what a disciple looks like. This is what it looks like to have saving faith. You see Jesus, you begin to see things differently, you begin to see what matters, and you follow Jesus. And you follow him wherever he goes, even if that is on the road down to Jerusalem, which leads to death in the end. So what are some of the things that we can learn from the story of blind Bartimaeus? What does he teach us about the kingdom of God in the world? What does he teach us about what it means to be a disciple And what does he teach us about Jesus? We'll answer all of those questions one at a time. We'll start with the last. What does blind Bartimaeus teach us about Jesus? If you look around in the world today, people are saying many different things about Jesus. 
If we were to take a microphone out of here today and go and find somebody on the street and ask them what they thought of Jesus, I would venture to say that we would receive many different answers to that question. But if we want to know what the culture is saying about Jesus, all we have to do is listen to some of the things that they are saying. You may hear them uh, say things like, he's a good moral teacher. You know, he's love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said that, right? That's good. I like that. Uh, The golden rule, do unto others as you would do unto yourself. That's Jesus, right? I like that. Uh, You may hear people with the all-inclusive view of Jesus in our day. Jesus was um, some sort of social social justice warrior in his day, and he went around screaming tolerance everywhere that he went. And if Jesus was here today, he would be um, for things like a woman's right to choose, gay marriage, uh, gender-neutral bathrooms, trans surgery, and all the rest. They make him into an LGBT poster child. Um, Still others would say things like, he's cool. You know, that Jesus, he's cool. They kind of have this, this hippie view of Jesus, like Jesus went around with the tie-dye t-shirt and the, the leather armbands, just you know, saying peace to everybody everywhere, everywhere he went. He was kind of like some wise sage walking around, just imparting wisdom everywhere he went, this hippie view of Jesus. But what, is Bar, um, what does Bartimaeus say about Jesus? Is this the Jesus that Mark presents to us in the story of blind Bartimaeus. Well, no. Bartimaeus understands Jesus to be the son of David. He is um, the king who has come to sit and reign on the throne, and he is going to exercise justice and mercy in the land. He is the Messiah, and he is the Savior of his people. Moreover, uh, Bartimaeus recognizes the divinity of Jesus. He recognizes that the only person in the Old Testament who could... Quite possibly, this is what he's thinking, only God could uh, give sight to the blind. Only God could give hearing to the deaf. This must be Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament. So he recognizes that Jesus is not only the son of David, he's the divine son of David. God come in the flesh to rescue his people from all of their trouble. So to answer the question in our culture today about Jesus, according to Bartimaeus, we would have to say that he is the God with whom they have to do. He is the God throughout the Old Testament who has revealed his will for his people clearly. And he tells us in his law exactly what he wants us to do. And it is according to that law that he governs and judges the world today. And in his law, he requires all men everywhere to repent. And all those who call upon the name of the Lord will repent be saved. And get this, when we cry to him, he listens. Remember, they tried to silence Bartimaeus, but he kept crying out. And Jesus stopped dead in his tracks and he listened to the cry of Bartimaeus. And as a result, he was saved and delivered. So keep crying out about the injustice and the wickedness that you see in the world. Even if the world tries to shut you up, keep crying out And Jesus will deliver his people. Next, what does Bartimaeus teach us about discipleship? Well, a lot, really. Uh, This man is the quintessential example of what it means to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we have a man who has almost nothing. It's possible that that cloak was the only thing that he, he owned, but yet he is willing to leave that all behind to come and talk to Jesus. 
What are some of the things that we're holding on to in this life? Some of the things that hinder us from coming to Jesus? What are some of the things that get in the way of us following God? Well, friends, there are many. Um, how about our status in society? That's, that's real big today. Our status in society or in school. It is not very popular to follow Jesus Christ in the day in which we are living. As a matter of fact, if you are a follower of Jesus, you can, you're going to lose some things. It's possible that you will lose friends over this. By necessity, people will, will not want to hang out with you because a Christian, they say, and our culture is too narrow-minded. Um, they're not tolerant enough. The tolerance police of our day, in the name of tolerance, want to say that you uh, Christians are not welcome here because you're not tolerant enough. But wait, isn't that inconsistent? Never mind. Friends, in our culture today, any religion is acceptable except Christianity. you got to know that. It's just the way it is now. So brothers and sisters, you have to be willing to be hated by all for Christ's name's sake or you cannot follow Him. You have to be willing to give it all up. You have to be willing to lose family members over this. You may lose everything, but He's worth it because in Him you gain everything. Moreover, we want to mention the fact that when Jesus saved Bartimaeus, He saves him in toto. This is to say that He saves him completely and entirely. Totally renovates... um, Bartimaeus. And then Bartimaeus followed him. And this has implications on the way that we view discipleship. Uh, In American evangelicalism today, we have this idea that the only thing that matters is the saving of the soul. We have this this pessimistic view of the world where everything is just getting worse, the ship is going down, and so we just got to get as many people onto the lifeboat as we possibly can. And this mentality has an effect on the way that we do discipleship. Now granted, soul salvation is important, but is it the only thing that matters? Is the only thing that Jesus is concerned about here in the story of Bartimaeus his soul? No. He heals him totally and completely. God is interested in the salvation of the whole person, and if a whole person undergoes a renovation, it will eventually have an effect on everything he does. So does the way that we treat our bodies matter? Does it matter if we are good husbands and good wives? Does it matter if we are good moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas? Does it matter if we are faithful employees, if we are honest and upright in the workplace? Does it matter if we're good neighbors? Does it matter if we're cordial with one another? Kids and teenagers, does it matter if you behave yourselves in school and at home? You betcha. The answer to all the questions is, you betcha. The work of Jesus in a person's life changes them. And when he changes them, <clears throat> he complete, when he saves them, he completely saves them, and it, it is an entire overhaul from the ground up. Further, once Bartimaeus is saved, he clearly he sees clearly and he follows Jesus. The text says, immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him on the way. Bartimaeus shows us what it means to be a disciple. It means to follow Jesus. And if we follow Jesus, everything changes. The work of Jesus in a person's life totally changes their perspective on everything. They begin to have a right view of life. They begin to see things that really matter. They see Jesus and they follow him wherever he goes. Finally, what does Bartimaeus teach us about the kingdom of God in the world? 
Well, let me just ask, is Jesus still interested in the poor and the blind? Uh, Is he interested in the hurting and the broken? The people in our culture who are in need, the people who don't have a voice, is he interested in the things in our culture and in our world that are broken? Well, yes, yes, he is. It is those who are considered least among you who are the greatest in the kingdom. It is the poor who have been chosen to inherit eternal life. In this society in which Bartimaeus was living, people looked down on the poor and on the helpless. They looked down on children. They thought that they were an inconvenience. They thought that if a person could not meaningfully contribute to society in the same way that all the rest could, well, then they didn't have as much value as the rest of people in society. And friends, it is no different in the day in which we are living. People still look down on children today. They are an inconvenience. They get in the way of you having your best life now, right? And so people aren't having them. And anymore, when, if they get pregnant, they just murder them in the womb. And in the day in which we are living them, they murder them outside of the womb too. How many millions of babies have been murdered in our society for the sake of inconvenience? The argument today is the same. They're not a person. Right? That's what they say. They can't meaningfully contribute to society in any way. They can't support themselves, and therefore they don't have a say in the matter. And the church is to be a voice to those who can't speak for themselves. We are to speak up on their behalf. We are to be their voice in this generation, friends. What about those who are handicapped? Or who are incapacitated? Or those who don't function as well as the rest of us? Should we get rid of them too for the sake of inconvenience? It's going there. If we follow this logic, that's where it's going. So we must speak up. What about our culture today? Should we just let it go down the tubes? Does Jesus care about the place our society is headed? When we look at the moral issues of our day, do they matter? Does God care if we redefine everything? God speaks clearly to many of these issues in His Word. He tells us in His Word what marriage is. He created marriage. He defines it. He created man. He created woman. He tells us what a man is. He tells us what a woman is. Um, He defines truth. He defines sexuality. And therefore, the church has something to say about these things. The church has something to say about gender and sexuality. The church has something to say about marriage. What about the public square? Does Jesus care about the various institutions out there in our world today? Does he care about what happens in our government? You know, some people say that you need to keep religion and politics separate. Well, friends, let me tell you something. The gospel is necessarily political. If Jesus Christ is Lord, then that means he is Lord of all, and therefore he has something to say about everything, including governmental institutions. So does it matter how we vote? Does it matter if... Uh, those who hold office are immoral people? Does Jesus care about these things? Does he have something to say about foreign policies and economics and taxes and all the rest? Well, yes, he does. Does he care about education? Does it make a difference how we go about educating our children? Does, it, th- does the way we educate our children have an effect in our world? 
today? Does it matter if we have um, drag queen story hour down at the public library or down at the school? Does it matter if we do that? Come on. You better believe it matters. Does Jesus care about morality? Does he care about the safety of our children, the most vulnerable among us? Does he care if boys compete in the girls' track meet? Does he care if boys use the girls' locker room? Does he care if men can use the women's bathroom? Is Jesus concerned about the fact that a man can dress up like a woman and go into the bathroom along with our four- and five-year-old little daughters? You better believe it. The church has something to say about all of these things because the gospel has something to say about this. And therefore, we are to be the ones who say something about it. We are to be the voice. So, in closing, we have seen that Jesus' encounter with blind Bartimaeus has a lot to say um, about discipleship, about who Jesus is, and about what it means to be a Christian today. He shows us the nature of Jesus and his mission. He shows us what it means to be a disciple, and he shows us what matters in the kingdom of God and in our world. Jesus is the divine son of David. He is the king, and he is the savior. And that means when he saves us, he saves us totally and completely. And that will have an effect on who we are and how we live our lives in the world has an effect on the direction that we're headed. Moreover, his kingdom is one that is in direct conflict uh, with the kingdoms of this world. Therefore, we are not to take our cues from society about what matters in the world. Rather, we are to look to Jesus and the pattern that he gives us in his word and life to determine what is right and what is good for our society today. What's good for the world? So let us look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, to lead us into greater and greater degrees of glory in the world and in the kingdom of our God.